Guy here with a quick message before we get on with the pod. As a thank you to our most dedicated and loyal viewers and listeners to Blood Red, we're inviting you to join our Blood Red Club. By joining, you'll get access to insider transfer content as well as interviews with former favourites and those connected at Anfield. All you need to do is head to bloodredpodcast.co.uk, enter your email address and our exclusive content will head to your inbox. That's bloodredpodcast.co.uk. Thanks. Now on with the show. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, I'm Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Academy Show on the Blood Red channel, where we focus on the talent bubbling away under Jurgen Klopp's first team squad. First and foremost, thank you very much for listening to and watching our podcasts over the summer. And for any of you that have already signed up to the Blood Red Club, if you haven't, please do check out www.bloodredpodcast.co.uk. And the good news is that club football is not too long away now. Uh, I think six weeks until that trip to Norwich City to kick off the Premier League season. And it's just eight days away now, Matt Addison, who joins me, until Liverpool's players start pre-season training. Are you excited for that, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been one of those seasons, hasn't it, where we've had loads and loads of club football. There's been matches every few days, but you still miss it when it's not there, don't you? You, you kind of, you have that break and, and you just want to, to see Liverpool come back, really. I mean, we've all enjoyed the Euros and, and all sorts of, of stuff like that. That's obviously still ongoing and, and all of that. The Copper America as well, not that we've seen a huge amount of that given the, the kickoff times in this country, but yeah, the, there's nothing quite like club footballers and there's nothing quite like Liverpool coming back and, and pre-season and, and all of that optimism, really, for, for the start of, of a new season where I think Liverpool definitely will be back up there and, and challenging, really. Certainly will, I'm sure of that. And what I am sure of that is that we will see some of those first-team players a week on Monday, Monday the 12th of July. That's when uh, Jürgen Klopp's first team are scheduled to return to Kirby to to begin pre-season training. But as you touched on there, Matt, we're going to have a lot of players away. Jordan Henderson, Jordan Shaqiri, Thiago, Diogo Jota, Nico Williams, Harry Wilson and Andy Robertson, I imagine will all be given time off after their involvement at the current Euro 2020 tournament. And the same applies to Alisson Fabinho and Roberto Firmino, who've been playing for Brazil at the Copa America. So I think that means there is every chance that Jurgen Klopp will, will fill out his squad with players from Liverpool's under-23 and under-18 teams. And, and that's the basis for today's Academy Show podcast, really. Which youngsters, which youngsters, I should say, should we be looking out for over pre-season? And Matt, you're going to split them into two sections for us. The, the kind of ones who are ready to step up, and maybe others who could feature in pre-season, but probably we won't be seeing maybe the best of them until maybe next summer. Uh, and we're going to start with a player who, who could yet be back up to Trent Alexander-Arnold and Joe Gomez at right-back next season if Nico Williams leaves. Uh, Connor Bradley, Matt. Yeah, a really interesting player. And I think it's it's a really sort of interesting situation for, for Liverpool. And I think the backup right back slot is such a difficult one to fill, isn't it, for the club? Because basically whoever is in that role knows that they're not going to be as good as Trent Alexander-Arnold. They're probably never going to get to that level. So it's just a case of, of filling in for when he's injured or, or when he has a rest and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's a really difficult thing to, to sort of balance. And I think Liverpool's plan, or certainly Liverpool's plan as things stand, is that if Nico Williams was to move on, he's obviously been the, the backup for the last couple of seasons. If he wants to go and, and be a regular at one of the Premier League clubs who is interested, Southampton, I think, are one of them, Brighton as well, one or two others, 
and he would be allowed to, to do that. But the suggestion is that Liverpool wouldn't then go out and, and buy another right-back. It would be Conor Bradley who steps up. And I think it's it's an interesting one. I can kind of see the logic of it in that they don't want to spend a huge amount of their budget on a player that is going to be second fiddle to, to Trent. But yeah, it, it's one of those Liverpool will know better than me. They know the, the player personally better than, than what I do. But I think... You know, he doesn't turn 18 until pretty much Liverpool return for pre-season. I think his birthday is Friday or Saturday of, of next week. I think that the 9th of, of July. So he turns 18 on that day. And that kind of just tells you everything really about where he's at in his career. He's a really good, really highly rated young player. But I think to sort of go into to Liverpool and, and be the backup for Trent, let's say Trent, like last season, got an injury of, what was it, five or six weeks that, that he was missing for at, at one time. I think that's happened you know, a couple of times in his career. It, it wouldn't be a huge shock, I don't think, if Trent was injured for, for a period next season to then have to rely on, on Conor Bradley to come in. I think that would slightly worry me a little bit. I mean, obviously, the other example would be that you could bring obviously Conate into the side, bring Joe Gomez into to right back. But again, you, you're changing the way that you're playing. It's it's probably not ideal, I don't think. And I think we kind of saw it a little bit last summer in terms of the centre-back situation. Billy Cometio was talked up and kind of was, was one of those who was, I think, 17 at the time as well. He was kind of spoken about as being, you know, the, the Dan Lovren replacement. He could be the one that, that steps in and we just didn't see him at all last season. He had a mixed season, in all honesty, for the under-23s, made a couple of, of high-profile mistakes and and looked miles off it. So I think as much as Connor Bradley is a really talented young player, someone that I think long-term you know, has a, a really good future in the game, I think it would slightly worry me if Liverpool didn't replace Nico Williams. If he does end up leaving, Liverpool have, have put that £10 million price tag on him. Who knows you know, whether that will be hit or, or met or not but uh, yeah it, it would slightly worry me I think you'd be putting a lot of pressure on what is a very good young player and I think it almost wouldn't be fair to be honest I think you know Connor Bradley is is sort of two or three seasons away similar to, to what Nico Williams was I think he'll be a very good player but is he ready for that yet I'm not 100% sure that he is I suppose the, the club can argue there's the buffer of Joe Gomez as well. You know, he could always move over to right back and kind of take a play in the centre and, and Matip's back up, hopefully, by the start of pre-season. But that, that is an issue itself, isn't it? You know, we've got three centre-backs here in Van Dijk, Matip and Gomez coming back from injury. You know, you can't put too much pressure on them. Are you worried about this? I know you've kind of touched upon it there, but on the, on the flip side, you can look back to last summer and Liverpool spent more than £10 million and Costas Samikas. And he's hardly played, isn't it? It is a difficult one when you've got two full-backs who are as good as Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson are. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think we, we probably would have seen a lot more of, of Costas Samikas, to be honest, if you know Van Dijk and, and Matip and Gomez were all fit last season. And I think we will see a lot more of him going into to this season. And I think that's something that probably Nico Williams would probably have to think about as well. I think there were times last season when Trent played when you probably wouldn't want him to have, have done that. I think there's, there's certain games that you can afford to make these rotations for. And I think Nico Williams next season would see more football than what he's seen in the past. So I think that is something for, for him certainly to, to think about. Obviously, if you went to a Southampton or, or a team like that, probably he'd go in as first choice and... He's never, he's never ever going to play as much football at Liverpool as what he could elsewhere. But I think it's it's something to think about. I think in terms of the centre-backs, yeah, who knows how Joe Gomez is going to come back. There, there is a history there of him 
kind of needing a bit of time to, to settle after a big injury. I'm sure, you know, that's why Konate and, and Matip and, and those players are still there. Liverpool have got four strong centre-backs, but whether they're going to be ready to, to come in and, and play straight away, you know, who knows? Obviously, we know Matip's injury record. We know that Konate might need a bit of time to, to settle in. I think in terms of the right-backs and, and the sort of knock-on effect there, I think that the bigger concern for me would be just that you don't really want to see Joe Gomez at right-back. I think he's one of the best central defenders in the world. I think he's not particularly suited to, to playing at right-back. And if you have Joe Gomez at right-back, it, it completely changes the way that Liverpool play. So Conor Bradley is stylistically more similar to, to what Trent does. He can get forward, he can can do that side of the game. But I think it's it's just slightly too early. I think that the ideal situation for me would be just for, for Nico to to stay put really for, for at least another season, maybe two seasons, continue to develop, see where the land lies in terms of, of how much football he can get. And I think he might get a little bit more football than maybe what he's anticipating at the moment. Move further up the field to midfield. Obviously, Gina Ronaldo has, has left the club and there's been links to players like Florian Neuhaus, Yves Basuma, Ryan Gravenberch of Ajax, who you're going to do a podcast on for Blood Red Club members uh, next Wednesday. If you sign up before Wednesday morning, that will be dropping into your inbox. Uh, John McGinn of Aston Villa. Uh, and what, what the Liverpool Echo is saying at the moment is that midfield is an area they're looking at, but they're not 100% saying that, yes, Liverpool will sign a centre midfielder this summer, but it is an area they're looking at. And if that is the case, say if they go with what they've got Liverpool at the moment, what chance for two players you told me to ask about here, Matt? You know, Leighton Clarkson and Jake Kane. You know, they, these players who will be a little bit more known to Liverpool supporters than than Conor Bradley because they have been on the fringes of things. They have played for the first team. What about these two guys? Do you think they're going to get a chance in pre-season? A hundred percent, they'll get a chance. I think in pre-season, I think there's there's a pretty good chance that at least one, if not both of them, goes out and, and plays for for a championship club. To be honest, next season, I've seen Leighton Clarkson being linked with Blackburn. I think that's the area where he grew up, which I think would make it a little bit of sense for for him to go and, and get minutes there. I think that would be interesting. I think you know that kind of of level of club to to go and play senior football week in week out. I think could be something that that both of those players would look at and, and think could be. An attractive uh, move, obviously. There's that debate, isn't there? Are they better to go and and play as Harvey Elliott did for a season at, at Blackburn, or are they better to stay and, and train with Klopp and, and with Liverpool? I think it, it will kind of be up to to the individuals themselves. I think a, a little bit. I think I wouldn't expect Clarkson and Kane to to play loads of minutes in terms of, of the Premier League or the Champions League. But I think you know, if there was the odd League Cup game, possibly the FA Cup later on in the season. I think you could certainly see them coming in and, and doing a little bit here and there, but whether that is enough for them, I don't know. Certainly in pre-season, I think we'll see a fair bit of them. Obviously, we know Genie Wijnaldum's gone. The first choice three of, of Thiago Henderson and Fabinho, they're not going to be back straight away. You wonder, you know, Cater, Oxlade-Chamberlain, I think it's it's a big pre-season for, for both of those players. Marco Gruic, will he still be there or not? I think there's a few question marks there. There's certainly places up for grabs and of the midfield options. I think Clarkson and Kane certainly are the two, I think, to, to certainly look at in that position. Clarkson is an interesting one because he is from that part of the world, Blackburn. And I do wonder if for Blackburn Rovers, the, the success of Elliot and the fact that they played him so much will probably stand them in good stead when it comes to uh, loan deals with Liverpool because I know Blackburn is a, co- a club I used to cover at the moment. Uh, they're not struggling financially, but I don't think they're going to have loads of money to spend this summer. And if, if Clarkson goes there, again, they've 
they've had the success of Harvey Elliott. I don't even know if we can count him as a young player anymore, Matt, because he's played a full season in the Championship and starred, but he, you know, he's still very young himself in his age. Surely this summer, he's, he's, he's left behind the academy now at Liverpool, isn't he? When he features this summer in pre-season, he's surely going to feature as a first-team player, would you say? Yeah, I think that there is a kind of decision to be made on term, in, in terms of whether he goes out and, and has a Premier League loan this season. For me personally, it's it's a pretty obvious decision that you keep him, you play him, you, you do all of the sort of things that we thought probably would have happened last season. Last season, obviously, I think that the move to, to Blackburn took place in October. Obviously, the window will close slightly sooner this season with you know, the logistics of the kind of transfer window and stuff like that. But I think Liverpool... If they do let him go out on loan, they'll leave it as long as they possibly can. I'm not quite sure you know, when the first League Cup games are and, and how that will sort of align. But certainly there will be opportunities for Harvey Elliott, certainly in pre-season. But I would imagine, you know, he's the one out of, of all of these players, as you say, the one that has proven that he can do it consistently across a senior season. Last season, I think the opportunity will be there for him. You look at, you know, even, you know, obviously we're looking quite far ahead into the season in terms of, of January and AFCON and, and things like that. There is going to be a couple of spots. I know it's only two games, possibly an FA Cup game in there as well. I think it's Brentford and Crystal Palace that Mohamed Salah and, and Sadio Mane could well miss. You just sort of think that there will be chances, not just that, but, you know, the, the last 20 minutes of a game, if Liverpool are two or three goals up, for example, could you bring on Harvey Elliott for, for Mohamed Salah? Could you freshen things up like that? I think, you know, at, at this point in time, 12 months on, having seen what he's done last season, I don't think there's really a question to be asked there. I think it's it's definitely a case that, that he could do that. And I think for him as well, uh, I think last season, it kind of could have gone either way. He could have gone out on loan. He could have stayed. I think this season, I think he will feel as a player a, a little bit more confident, a little bit more of a senior player at, at Liverpool. I think, you know, Certainly Pep Linders has, has spoken about missing him in training and, and things like that. I think for most of the people at, at Liverpool, it's it's a fairly obvious decision really to, to keep him about next season because, as I say, there, there will be chances, even if Liverpool get in another attacking player, which is a possibility. I think, you know, certainly with a, a switch to a 4-2-3-1 or, you know, playing him off the bench, giving him little minutes here and there, there's not really a, a question mark over him. He's very much, you know, capable of, of coming in and, and doing that, I think. I think it's a really interesting point that you made there that they may wait till very late on in the window to decide what happens with Ravi Because I imagine, do you think, Matt, his, his future's almost tied up with those of, say, Harry Wilson, Jordan Shakiri, uh, Divock Origi, even Takumi Minamino. Like if the majority of two or three of those goes, it pushes Harvey up the, the higher up the order. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's already ahead of, of someone like Harry Wilson, to be honest. I think it's just a case of, you know, you've only got so many numbers and if you're paying Dibok Origi, whatever he's on each week to, to sit on the bench, you know, would you would you want to keep him involved? And, and maybe does he block the path for, for someone like Elliot? I think possibly he would. I think in an ideal world, Liverpool would move on three or four of those fringe players promote Harvey Elliott to being one of those. And, and obviously in future, we think he'll be a lot, lot more of that. But I think, yeah, going into to next season, there's there's no real no real question mark for me over someone like a, a Harry Wilson or you know, even an Origa or a Shakiri. If, if you had to choose an option to come off the bench, I think I, I'd probably pick Harvey Elliott over, over all of them anyway, to be honest. So, yeah, I think it does sort of increase that pressing need for Liverpool to, to get rid of one or two fringe players just to, to open up that path. And, you know, we've seen 
you know, even Phil Foden say at Manchester City, he's had to be patient. But I think, you know, even he now is what, 2021, 20, I think, Phil Foden. And he's been patient. He's getting the rewards now. And I can see a, a similar sort of path for Harvey Elliott. I think, you know, even if over the next two seasons, he just played the role of the fringe player, the wild card that maybe comes off the bench, lets, you know, one or two players rotate. I think that would be enough for, for him with the training, with Jurgen Klopp being there, Pep Linders, you know, copying Mohamed Salah, maybe taking bits of Roberto Firmino's game in training. I think there's there's a certain pathway there for, for him to be able to take. And he doesn't have to come in and, and replace Mohamed Salah next season. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But I think there's enough there to, to sort of think that he can really establish himself as a kind of fringe player at the very least going into next season. Yeah, if no one's seen his goals and assists uh, for Blackburn last season, do check him out on YouTube. It does does underline what a special talent Harvey Elliott is going to be. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. So we touched on Harvey Elliott there, Matt. We touched on Leighton Clarkson and Jay Kane and Connor Bradley, these kind of players who we think will probably get more game time in the summer for a variety of different reasons. Let's now move on to a group of players who, who may well feature in some of the friendlies, which at the time of recording on Friday afternoon have yet to be released, but probably are not ready for the first team just yet. And let's let's start with a player. We've got a list of players to go through here, but let's start with one who you mentioned at the top of the podcast because last summer, a lot of people were getting excited about him in terms of being that day and lover and replacement and being the fourth centre-back. Billy Cometio, what's happened to, to Billy the kid? I think Jürgen called him, didn't he, last summer? What's happened to him? Because... We were all thinking of great things, weren't we, 12 months ago? Yeah, he's a, he's a really interesting player. I think he's one that is physically a lot more developed than what you might imagine at a, a very young age, you know, 16, 17, 17, 18 as he is now. I think, you know, he was, was one of those that was kind of fast-tracked a little bit above his ability level. I think they kind of saw him as, you know, a player certainly in that position as well, where you need to be a little bit more physical, you need to be good in the air, all of those sorts of things that you kind of need to, to succeed in English football. He kind of had those ahead of his peers, really. I think the big thing for, for him, and we spoke about this, you know, a year or so ago when he was coming through, was that he just wasn't quite there in terms of the maturity of his game and and that sort of thing. And I think we kind of saw that as the season progressed. We all know, you know, the troubles that Liverpool had at centre-back. Even then, it wasn't really a genuine option to, to throw him into a game or, or anything like that. And I think the first game that he played last season for, for the under-23s kind of proved that. He lost concentration on the edge of the box. Someone nicked the ball off him and, and it ended up in a goal. And I think it's it's just kind of taking the basic sort of things that he's got, which are, are really good, you know, the, the speed, the sort of strength, the power, all of that sort of thing. He's got the kind of building blocks, but I think there's still a long way to go for, for him really to be considered a, a genuine option at first team level. I think it was kind of premature to, to sort of think that was going to be the case last season. I think Liverpool were, were kind of hoping that, that Van Dijk wouldn't get injured. Obviously, there, there was no real precedent of, of that happening before. They obviously knew that, that Joel Matip and, and Joe Gomez are susceptible now and again to these sorts of things. But, you know, maybe if Van Dijk and, and Cometio were to line up alongside each other for a League Cup game or, or something like that, maybe you could get away with it. But I think, you know, he's had an OK season, not anything particularly spectacular. And I think, you know, going into to next season, I think he would be one for, for me, which... I wouldn't even think about putting out on loan, I don't think. I think I would just keep him in the under-23s, get him to to get up to, to speed with them, continue to develop, grow his leadership, grow his concentration, 
become a little bit more comfortable on the ball as well. I think that's you know hugely important for him. As I say, he's got the building blocks, but I just think he's two or three steps away from really being a genuine first-team option, I think, for Liverpool. Billy Camacho's stars waned a little bit over the last 12 months. But as you rightly say there, Matt, there's still loads of time, loads of time for him to develop. One person's profile, one player's profile who has shot up over the over certainly the last couple of months of the season when you could see the, the LSC TV clips that were going up on social. Uh, Matthias Musilowski, if hopefully I pronounced that right. Real talent. Uh, you look at the goals he's been scoring. He, he's clearly got, got that in his locker, but... Is he ready? Do you think he might be someone we see in the first team over the summer or are we kind of putting maybe a bit too much pressure on him to, to develop so fastly? I think we forget actually with him that he only came in last summer. He moved obviously countries and, and had to settle into to Liverpool. I know, you know as soon as they were allowed to this summer, he went back to Poland, went to, to stay with his family and, and stuff like that. And you know who can blame him after you know such a, a long time away at, at such a young age? But I think it's a testament to him that he's managed to put down these numbers, you know, 12 goals, three assists in 25 games in his first season for Liverpool, as I say, in a completely new country, staying with, the, you know, a host family that he'd never met before, things like this, you know, we kind of forget. And I think it, it does sort of show a, a level of maturity, I'd say, about his game and the way that he has come on since he came into Liverpool is is really, really impressive. I mean, he started the season last season playing almost as a, a false nine through the middle, played a little bit wide as well, but he was sort of getting 20, 25 minutes off the bench. And it was only the second half of the season, really, where he became an absolute nailed-on starter. And we saw in the last international break, he impressed Jurgen Klopp and his coaching staff during that intra-squad friendly. There was him and, and plenty of others on this list that, that played in that. And I think that's what we'll see in pre-season. I think there's a good chance that he'll train with the first team. I think there's a good chance that you know several of, of these youngsters will step up and, and do that. But I think another year or so, maybe then he goes out on loan. Maybe the year after that, he'd be interesting for, for Liverpool to, to look at as a possible option for the first team. I'd be surprised if he gets anywhere near the senior team going into to this season. But I'd also be very surprised if we didn't see him at some point in pre-season, at the very least in the training pictures, but but certainly probably in the, one or two of the, the games as well. It's it's a difficult balance because it's such a short pre-season this season. Liverpool have got less than five weeks to prepare for that first fixture of, of the campaign, but I think there will be opportunities for these players. And Matthias is, is one that stepped up to, uh, to train with the, the first team plenty of times and, and not really looked out of place or you know not really uh, been too nervous or, or not confident enough to, to do that so I think it's it's certainly one to, to watch in pre-season for me definitely another player who impressed in that into squad friendly was uh, a signing Cade Gordon and he, he's different to a number of these players we talk about currently about who could feature in pre-season but probably it's not really they're not really ready yet and this player Cade Gordon he's actually has experience in the championship so how how's he settled into Liverpool since that move from Derby County? He's settled in brilliantly. I've been really impressed with him every time I've seen him. And I think we'd be talking about him a lot more if he hadn't have been cup-tied for the FA Youth Cup run. Liverpool mm -hmm. 
obviously got to, to the final in that. There was a few players in there, Musielowski being one of them, whose profile really shot up as a result of that. But he'd played about two or three weeks before he signed for Liverpool for, for Derby's under-18s in the FA Youth Cup. I think they got knocked out, but it was you know the case that he was then cup-tied and, and couldn't play for Liverpool. But in the matches that he did play, you know he, he did really well. I think he ends the season with nine goals, three assists in 13 games in the under-18s Premier League, which... You know, for a player who's not 17 until October, just really underlines the, the quality that he's got. And I think he's one of those that he will start next season, I think, with the under-18s, obviously, just because of, of the age that he is. But I think it's not going to be long until he moves up and, and plays more regularly for, for the under-23s. I think he'll be one that, not just in pre-season, but you know, into the season proper as well, will probably be there or thereabouts for, for sort of Liverpool training on a regular basis. And you know, as you say, he's played in the championship physically. You know, he's very much there. Liverpool have put down, obviously, I think a million up front could rise to, to three million. Wayne Rooney and, and Derby absolutely loved him. And I think you can really see why he's, he's quick. He's really good on the ball. He's got the end product. And I think the biggest thing really with, with him, you know, at the age of 16, if you give him the ball in that final third, he just makes the right decision on a consistent basis every single time. You know that... He's going to deliver some sort of quality, play someone else in, get a shot on target. He knows you know, what to do at, at the right time. So, yeah, certainly, again, one to watch. Similar to Musielowski, I think we'll see him a little bit in pre-season. I'd be surprised if we saw him for the first team anytime soon. But, yeah, he's one of those. The, the, the biggest compliment, similar to Harvey Elliott, actually, is that you just look at him and you just never guess that he was as young as, as what he is. Good, the attackers there in Gordon and Musielowski and the defender in uh, Billy Cometio. Let's go to midfield now. Two players here I want to talk about is Tyler Morton and James Balagizi. Like Musielowski and, and Gordon, they, they had some really impressive figures last season, didn't they, in terms of goals and assists? Yeah, absolutely. Tyler Morton is, is one that I seem to, to talk about a lot on this podcast. He's a player that I just love to, to watch him. He's, he's that kind of silky, skillful player, but again, gets those numbers. And I don't think we can underestimate really the importance of getting the goals, getting the assists. You don't just have to look good as a footballer. You've got to deliver. And that is you know exactly what he's doing. He's sort of across 25 games in, in all competitions between the under-18s and, and the under-23s. Last season, he gets into double figures for goals, 10 of those, another seven assists as well, which I think for a player who kind of plays as a box-to-box -box player is, you know, really, really good numbers, whichever age group or, or whichever games that, that you're playing. And I think if you can produce those sorts of numbers, it, it really is an interesting one. And I think, again, he's one to, to really watch in terms of, of pre-season. I'd be surprised if, you know, this season was one where he went out on loan or or played for, for Liverpool's first team. I think it will be a case of very much he will be an under-23s player from, from now on. He'll be in that team. He'll be a regular and probably one of, of their leaders this season. But I think he's, he's certainly one to watch in pre-season, particularly if one of or, or both of, of Clarkson and Kane were to go out on loan. I think he would then be the one that would step up and, and take on those minutes. You know, who knows, maybe we might see him next season on a Champions League bench or, or something like that. So I think he's certainly one to, to watch. And obviously, as you say as well, James Balagizi, the other one, similar sort of position, attacking player, didn't quite get the same numbers last season. Three goals, 10 assists it was for him, but he did spend, I think, a couple of months out injured, really impressed and, and came back really strongly after that. The second half of the season, much, much better than the first for him. So again, it's one of those where, 
can he establish himself as an under-23s player? I think, you know, for me, Tyler Morton is, is slightly ahead of him at this moment in time. But you know, we know at, at youth level, those things can change very, very quickly. And I, again, I'd be surprised if we didn't see a little bit of him at some point in pre-season for, for Liverpool's first team. To the goalkeeper position, obviously Adrian signed a new contract to be sticking around, but Quiven Callagher, we all we believe will be the number two this season to Allison, but there will be no Allison for at least for the first two weeks, I imagine, of, of pre-season because he is currently competing in the Copa America with Brazil with Fabinho and uh, Firmino. So, which which academy goalkeeper is going to step up, Matt, for for the, for the pre-season, the initial pre-season training, the initial pre-season games? Yeah, I mean, we've seen uh, Harvey Davis uh, has been training with Liverpool's first team for, for a while. He's been there, you know, when whenever there's been an injury, whether it's, you know, being Kelleher for the last couple of weeks of the season, Alisson before that, it was always, you know, Harvey Davis that would step up and, and be the one to, to make that trio. It's it's always you know, a three which worked with John Atterberg. So Adrian, Kelleher and, 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 and Alisson on a regular basis. But I think... You know, if, if any one of those players isn't there, it, it tends to be Harvey Davis that, that steps up. He is the kind of most senior and uh, seemingly the, the one who's sort of in the lead in terms of the group of academy goalkeepers who, who does that and seems to, to be doing really well. He's he's one that we've seen pretty regularly throughout the season, to be honest, given the injuries that, that Liverpool have had in terms of you know stepping up to, to training and, and things like that. We've seen a fair bit of, of him. So I think he would be the favourite. Marcelo Pitaluga is the one that I would sort of keep an eye on long term in terms of, of the goalkeepers. I think he is by far and away the most promising of those players, but I think he's still only 17 or 18, the young Brazilian goalkeeper. Um, he's trained with Alisson before. He's trained with Alisson's brother, I think, over in Brazil. That's how Liverpool picked up on, on him when they first signed him. But yeah, he is a possibility for pre-season, but uh, yeah, I think Harvey Davis would be the more likely um, but it, it wouldn't massively surprise me if we uh, maybe saw Pitaluga there as well. Maybe not in games or anything like that, because, you know, Alisson and Kelleho, the, the priority will always be those two in terms of preparing them for the season. But I think Pitaluga certainly is one to, to look out for in training and, and certainly long-term Liverpool have, you know, huge hope for, for what he could become and, and hopefully one day could be, you know, a competitor for, for his fellow countrymen. Um, at first team level but yeah still very very young especially for a goalkeeper so plenty of, of time to develop but I think this summer we could start to see a little bit more of him and I'm sure in, in future summers he'll absolutely be there The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo A lot of players to keep an eye out there for uh, over the, the course of these next five or six weeks before that first Premier League game of the campaign away at Norwich City on uh, August the 14th but there are some academy players who will not be featuring in these pre-season uh, friendlies because there's been a bit of transfer news, as a math, since we've last done an academy show. For four players either have gone or are going. Um, and we'll start with Seth Vandenberg. Probably not a surprising one. Theo Squires did a podcast with him uh, at the back end of last season. And I think he admitted on that, that he, he was looking to go back on loan to Preston. And, and that's duly happened. Yeah, it makes sense. I think, obviously, um, when he went there last season on loan, there was a clause inserted into that that Preston would then have first refusal, essentially, on having him on loan again for, for this season. And I think it's it's a move which has kind of worked really well for him. He's a centre-back by trade, but he's been playing at right-back for Preston. And from what I believe, I don't know a huge amount about Preston and their transfer dealings, but I believe that they've maybe lost one or two centre-halves, obviously, Ben Davis is, is one of those that went in in January. I think they've maybe lost one or two others. 
they kind of see next season as an opportunity to to play him at centre back, which would be obviously his preferred position, the the position that he could really settle in and, and establish himself in. So. Yeah, so far so good for, for him at Preston. Hopefully he can kick on and, and do similar sort of things next season. But again, like most of these young players, it's just a case of can he get on the pitch? Can he show that he can do it consistently? Is he mature enough to, to play in a league like the Championship? I think those questions have already started to be answered. But I think if he can have you know a really impressive season this season, then maybe you know this time you know, in, in 12 months, maybe we're looking at him as a, a possible option for Liverpool. But yeah, he's going to have to impress at Preston. But I think the early signs are good. Certainly what we saw from him last season is that he's got the capability of doing that. And it's going to be an interesting one to see if he can make that next step because you know, the, there is a, a really good central defender in there. Whether he's quite Liverpool's level, I don't know. But certainly this season will go a long way to sort of determining what his next move is, whether that's at Liverpool, whether that's somewhere else, Premier League, Championship. I think it's going to be a really interesting one to watch. This next name who's uh, leaving the club, it really does show you that time flies. It doesn't feel like two years ago now, I remember him impressing him pre-season and he was on the end of a horrible tackle, if I remember rightly, in a, a game in America against Sevilla. Yasser Larucci, he's, he's out of contract now. I think his contract run out a couple of days ago. He's leaving the club, isn't he, Matty? We won't be seeing Yasser Larucci when, at the time, a lot of people had high hopes that he could potentially become the backup to uh, to Andy Robinson. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those that I always thought would probably end up moving on. I don't think he was quite at the level. I think he did impress in terms of his attacking play in pre-season, but maybe wasn't particularly tested defensively. And I think that's where Liverpool will have their reservations about him. He was offered a new contract. Obviously, Liverpool need players to play for their under-23s. They don't have... A huge number of left backs coming through. There's one or two, but they probably, you know, could have kept him, could have given him minutes. But yeah, he didn't play a huge amount last season. He'll be 21 in January, so I think it's the right time for for him to go and, and move on. As I say, Liverpool did offer him a new contract, but I think he's kind of sort of seen, you know, the the, the way forward for him is to go and, and get regular senior minutes elsewhere because similar to. The situation really with Nico Williams, obviously he's nowhere near that level. He's not progressed to, to being Robertson's backup or anything like that. But to get minutes, you're going to have to get past, obviously, Simikas first and then Andy Robertson. It, it just seems highly unlikely, I think, in terms of, of next season. So, yeah, it be interesting to see where he goes. I know Norwich have been linked with him in the past. Are they still interested? I'm not too sure. I think Leeds United, when they were in the championship, were interested. But certainly, I think they will have moved past him being linked with one or two other decent left-backs at the moment are leads. So, yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see where he goes. I think maybe a championship club would maybe pick him up. Maybe he might go back to France. I don't know. But I think there's there's certainly senior football somewhere for him. It just It's not at the top end of, of the Premier League, I don't think. And, and that is obviously the level that, that Liverpool are at at this moment. Another player who was offered a contract, another left back, I believe, uh, certainly a defender who decided to to, to head to pastures new is is Remy Savage. And I know this one. I read his Instagram post after he left. Uh, you know, he'd been at the club, I think, thirteen years. He signed as an under nine, but he'd been training with the club before that. But Remy Savage decided to go to Newcastle United. Matt. Yeah, I really like Remy Savage. I think he was, you know, a really solid option for for Liverpool's youth teams last season. But again, it's just the number of players that are ahead of him in the pecking order. He was nowhere near really in contention for playing at all for the senior team last season. I don't think he's been wanted to step up to first team training or anything like that. And I think it would have been a difficult decision for him to, to move away from Liverpool. As you say, he's been there such a long time, but 
think at 19 now it was the time to, to pick a new club, go and try and, and get senior football there. And he's gone to Newcastle, so it's maybe not the easiest way to, to get into a Premier League team. I think maybe if he'd have gone to a, a championship club, it, you could kind of see that pathway being a little bit more simple and, and straightforward. But uh, yeah, best of luck to him. I know from seeing the, the messages on Instagram and, and Twitter and various things from his teammates, really well well loved. Will be absolutely missed at, at Liverpool. I know you know, Barry Lutus and various other members of, of Liverpool's academy coaching team were really impressed with, with what he did. Really did come on, I think, a, a fair bit last season. I think that's fair to say. But uh, yeah, not quite good enough for, for Liverpool at this moment in time. But certainly one to watch and I'm sure, you know, whether it's at Newcastle, whether it's somewhere else further down the line, he's going to be a, a top, top professional footballer somewhere in the footballing pyramid and yeah, best of luck to him. Yeah, best of luck, Remy, and best of luck to this final player. We've, been, we've left him to last because he's actually left the club today uh, to go to, to Baal in Switzerland and it's a good fee as well, Matt, isn't it, for Liverpool? Liam Miller, the uh, the Canada international striker. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a little while before this one gets confirmed just because of, of medicals and, and COVID playing into to all of that sort of thing, making it slightly more difficult. But yeah, 1.5 million euros, so about 1.2, 1.3 million pounds is the fee, which for a player who's played once for Liverpool, which was, I think, February 2020 in the uh, the FA Cup against Shrewsbury Town, I think you know, that's a, a really good fee to, to pick up for, for someone like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a really good move for, for him. Um, again, he's one of those that I think, you know, is a, a real, real talented player. Went to Charlton and, and did some some decent things last season. Showed a little bit of inconsistency, I think it's fair to say. Uh, but if he can find that, there is a, a really good, really solid player in there. And I think that's kind of represented in the fee, obviously. A Canadian international, he's been there and, and done it for a couple of different senior teams out on loan, Kilmarnock, then Charlton. I think it was the right time for him to move. It's the right time for Liverpool to cash in on him. But yeah, 1.3 million. I really don't think Liverpool can complain too much at that. And it's uh, it's going to be one to, to watch out for. I think Basel is a really good move for him, as I say. And it's going to be interesting to, to see how he gets on. I think Liverpool have got a 20% sell-on fee as well. So if he does do well, that 1.3 million could even be added to in the future. Most definitely. I think we've got a... Well, I've gone through a lot there, Matt. Thanks very much for your, for your time, mate. And hopefully some of these players that we've been talking about uh, catch our eye in pre-season when it gets underway in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we will be back with another Academy show in the coming weeks where we'll probably preview the under-18, under-23 season. But for now, keep on listening to the podcast. Keep on watching the podcast. Uh, the support is really appreciated. Bye-bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.